And we're live. We're live. <laughs> we're live. And by live, we mean pre-recorded. <laughs> That's right. That is right. We are super live right now. Um, Genesis chapter 17. Let's get the ball rolling. Yeah, I'll do it. So, yeah. Chapter 17, verse 1. Now, when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless. I will establish my covenant between me and you, and I will multiply you exceedingly. Abram fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with you, and you will be the father of a multitude of no longer but your name shall be called Abraham, for I have made you the father of a multitude of nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of you, and kings will come forth from you. I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant. To be God to you and to your descendants after you, I will give to you and your descendants after you the land of your sojournings, all the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. So, uh, just in this first section, um, we can kind of have God re reiterating uh, the promise and, and the covenant once again. And so, um, we see God give Abraham a call uh, to his that moral behavioral standard. Um, and then also we see this is where he changes Abram's name. And so as is already defined in the text, um, kind of, I mean, from what I read, Abram means exalted father. And then Abraham means father of a multitude, which that's exactly what God says in the next verse. So um, and then he once again promises the, the land of Canaan will be an everlasting possession. Um, for the Israelites. So. Yeah, I think you see, I mean, the Lord appears before Abram, just stepping back <laughs> a little bit earlier in the passage, Abram's 99 years old and the Lord appeared to Abram. So the Lord is appearing before him. So there seems to be a vision. This is not just a vision or a audio, audio, an audio, experience this is an actual visual experience which to me is very uh interesting of course abram immediately falls falls on his face and then i think you you see reference to the covenant here now this seems a little bit different than the previous mentions right because you see i will establish my covenant between me and you where it seems like the previous um, covenant was established was a unilateral covenant where this seems like a little more bilateral in nature. Um, it's my understanding this bilateral nature comes from um, not the granting of the land to Abraham or necessarily the descendants, but maybe an additional blessing on top of that land and those descendants. And so uh, more more descendants specifically. Um, 
because God's really calling Abram, Abraham to be Abram in this moment, Abram to walk before God blameless. Um, and I will establish and I will multiply you exceedingly, almost as if like more exceedingly than already have already been promised to him through the unilateral yeah. covenant. And it's also my understanding that the, a specific land is mentioned in this section too, whereas previously the specific land wasn't wasn't given by name. Uh, I think it was more. Yeah, so, yeah, go ahead. yeah, it was given by by borders. So yeah, God didn't. I don't know that God said the land of Palestine, but he he described the land because he gave borders, I believe. Yeah. Cool. He still, he still gave boundaries or whatever. Um, verse nine, God said further to Abraham, now as for you, you shall keep my covenant, you and your descendants after you throughout their generations. This is my covenant, which you shall keep between me and you and your descendants after you. Every male among you shall be circumcised and you shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskin and it shall be a sign, shall be the sign of the covenant between you and me. And every male among you who is eight days old shall be circumcised throughout your generations. A servant who is born in the house or who is bought with money from any foreigner who is not of your descendants. A servant who is born in your house or who is bought with your money shall surely be circumcised. Thus shall my covenant be in your flesh for an everlasting covenant. But an uncircumcised male who is not circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin, that person shall be cut off from his people. He has broken my covenant. It seems like a good good part to unpa start unpacking a little bit. Thoughts here? Yeah, I mean, we see here that um, God gives like a behavioral expectations, right? Um, and so uh, he's well. It's unconditional that he's going to provide the land. He still has behavioral expectations. Um, and there are going to be rules, right, for Abraham and, and his descendants. Um, you know, some of the commentaries talk about um, why the flesh of the foreskin. And I think it's just this, it's this reminder that Abraham's seed, this seed, these, these next generations of people um, are going to be blessed because of this because of this covenant that God has made this unilateral covenant it's not necessarily because Abraham's this extra special guy it's because God's special and God chose Abraham for this particular um, honor and so um, obviously reproduction and descendants come through the reproductive system and so this would be a regular reminder of um, those descendants so that's one of the ideas. It doesn't specifically say that, but I think you could potentially look into this and say, hey, that's reasonable to consider. Yeah. And I think we also dig into verse 14. 
But an uncircumcised male who is not circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin, that person shall be cut off from his people. He has broken my covenant. Now that's a pretty big deal. Um, Very big deal, actually. God's saying that, hey, if you're if you're wanting to belong to this people group, you need to be circumcised. Otherwise, if you're not circumcised, you are going to be cut off from his people. That person is going to be cut off from the people. And now that you've broken the covenant, which, um, you know, God's calling the shots here. You know, it's not like Abraham, Abraham is like, you know, God's God's establishing a covenant between Abraham and himself. And really, you know, the descendants don't really have a whole lot. You know, they, they can choose not to participate in the covenant. But you're going to be cut off from God's people, essentially. And this is Old Testament, of course. If we look into the New Testament, um, the whole idea of circumcision is no longer a requirement. We're no, no longer under the requirement of circumcision in the after Jesus came and came to fulfill the law, um, that's no longer um, a requirement. Any other thoughts before we move on to the next deal? Yeah, I like what you had to say. Can you address verse 12? Every male among you who is eight days old shall be circumcised throughout your generations. Did you have any extra insight on that? <laughs> you know, I will say that... Um, through my reading from some of the from commentaries, um, there seems to be a medical um, benefit to being circumcised on day eight, as opposed to day three, for example, or day nine or ten. Um, I, you can't say like this. I think I haven't done a ton of research on this, right? I just read some commentaries on this. Day eight, you seem to have a a excessive level of blood clotting materials in your body such that you benefit and actually after day eight it actually goes down a little bit these blood clotting materials highly recommend reading dr constable's commentary we can put that in the description box you can get more information on there dr constable is not a doctor by any means so i wouldn't uh take that as everything he's saying and there's completely medically sound, but I do think that's somewhat interesting. You'd have to do additional research to really qualify that. I take Dr. Constable as more of a theologian than a medical doctor. Yeah, but I think it's interesting because I think multiple times in the Bible, we see modern medical science kind of running parallel to these ancient cultures and what they were doing, which to me, I mean, it's, it points more to the legitimacy of God as well. So fair enough. Yeah. You want to read this next section? Yep. Verse 15. Then God said to Abraham, as for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. I will bless her. And indeed I will give you a son by her. Then I will bless her and she will be a mother of nations. Kings of people will come from her. Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said in his heart, Will a child be born to a man 100 years old? And will Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear a child? And Abraham said to God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before you. 
But God said, no, but Sarah, your wife, will bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac, and I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant for his descendants after him. As for Ishmael, I have heard you. Behold, I will bless him, and I will make him fruitful, and will multiply him exceedingly. He shall become the father of twelve princes, and I will make him a great nation. But my covenant I will establish with Isaac, whom Sarah will bear to you at this season next year. When he finished talking with him, God went up from Abraham. Well, we have uh, Sarai. Now has a new name as well. And Sarai, is my understanding, actually meant Sarai signifies my princess. Sarah signifies a princess, namely of multitudes. Okay. So, um, seems, you know, slight deviation in uh, meaning there. Um, but I think we recognize that in the previous um, chapters, um, Abram has a son, Ishmael, you know, not according to how God ultimately really intended uh, for Abram to have a son. Uh, he intended for Abram to have a son through Sarai. However, they took it into their own hands and ultimately um, made a decision to uh, not really put their trust in God, but instead put their trust in themselves. And I think this is a really fascinating moment. Abram does something that Abram and Sarai do something that may, perhaps they think is wise. They're going to help God out. And what you'll see is this all this actually blows up right in their face. Yeah. You know, it's actually a uh, huge, huge negative in their, um, in their life. Um, and Abram, Abraham at this moment is actually telling God, God, why not just have Ishmael live before you? God says, no, 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 no. This covenant is not going to be with Ishmael. This is this covenant is going to be with your son, Isaac, through Sarah. So that's a really, really big deal. We got two sons here, Ishmael and Isaac. Ishmael is going to be blessed as well, the son of Hagar. But, but is, the covenant is not going to be with Ishmael. It's going to be with Isaac. That is a really, really big deal because there's different religions around the world that might, um, there's, there's different beliefs on this, on, on really who's the blessed son. As you can see in the scripture right here, it's very clearly Isaac. Now, at the same time, Ishmael... He's going to be, become the father of 12 princes. That's kind of interesting, considering that you have the 12 tribes of Israel, which comes through the line of Isaac, and then through Jacob, a.k.a. Israel. Jacob, Jacob's name, for those who don't know, we're going to learn about Jacob coming up. 
But Isaac, the son that we're reading about right now, is actually going to have a son himself. Two sons, actually. Jacob and Esau. Isaac's going to have two sons, Jacob and Esau. Jacob is the father of the 12 tribes of Israel, which we'll learn about here in the future. But I, I find that a very, very fascinating. Of course, um, Jesus had 12 apostles. So uh, I'm not saying the correlation is one-to-one -one here, but it's, it's particularly interesting, right? 12 tribes of Israel, 12 princes coming through the line of Ishmael. It is interesting, <laughs> and, and when you're you're talking about Ishmael, and uh, it's actually in Genesis 25 verses 13 through 15, I believe it talks about um, Ishmael's descendants or, or his his sons um, that are that are being predicted here. So, but one of the things we see um, Abraham when God first comes to him, Abraham's still hung up on on, on this Ishmael deal, right? He thinks that. Yeah, yeah, this promise is going to come through Ishmael. And so Ishmael, like you already super clarified, is not the son of promise. You know, I've, I've heard it explained that Ishmael represents like our fleshly way um, to try to achieve something. And uh, Isaac is uh, symbolic of God's miraculous way. Not not symbolic, it actually happened. But God, but it's, it's what we see um, as when we trust God and God does something miraculously. To, to achieve something. I would also add one more thing. You also see here that Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said in his heart, will a child be born to a man 100 years old? And will Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear a child? Keep in mind, Abraham only lives to about 175 years old. So, I mean, they're up in years, you know, so this definitely is going to be a miracle. There's no question about it. Like, there's going to be absolutely no logical explanation to why Sarah has a kid except through a miracle from God. Now, yep. you could also look at this and, and see Abraham laughing, maybe in skepticism, right? Maybe in doubt, I think that was how I initially read this section. However, I have also heard commentators specifically um, point out a kind of a distinction between how Abraham laughs here and how you'll see Sarah laugh coming up. And Abraham, there's, there's some indication that it might have been viewed as Abraham laughing almost in awe and wonder like, almost in joy or almost excitement. It's like, wow, I can't believe it. Are you serious? Is this really going to happen? Not like in like a mocking, like skeptical way, or perhaps more of a exciting, like anticipate, maybe in, a, in an anticipation, really. Um, of course, he asked several questions after this um, that, that might further... Um, you know, how, uh, establish, you could potentially see that, hey, is this, is this him being in doubt? You can ask, I think you can ask follow-up questions about something that you earnestly am excited about and, and you know, hoping for, um, while at the same time ask questions. And so, 
I don't know. I just find that interesting because you're you're going to see, and here's why you might believe that this is not in a in a not a mocking, but in a doubtful, sarcastic tone. The re, one other reason why you might not view this particular section to to look like that is because God rebukes Sarah whenever she laughs. Okay, <laughs> whereas you don't really see God rebuking Abraham in this moment. So. Yeah. Let's finish out this next section. Who is that? My, is this my turn or your turn? Yeah, I think it's your turn. Okay. Verse 23. Then Abraham took Ishmael, his son, and all the servants who were born in his house, and all who were bought with his money, every male among the men of Abraham's household, and circumcised the flesh of their foreskin in the very same day. As God had said to him, now Abraham was 99 years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. And Ishmael, his son, was 13 years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. And the very same day Abraham was circumcised in Ishmael, his son, all the men of his household, household who were born in the house or bought with money from a foreigner, were circumcised with him. Yeah, so we see that um, right, right away, when Abraham gets the commandment, he just goes and does it, right? Right away, he was obedient and circumcising himself and all the others. Um, and I think this is one of those areas where we, or this is one of those chapters where we look back and say, yeah, hey, Abraham was faithful here. Right. I mean, he didn't see, um, you know, I, he was he thought the promise was going to be with Ishmael. It's not. Um, so I, I, I think he's trusting God with that. And, and I think we see that in also his behavior and action. Right. I mean, we see this promise from God and we see Abraham, Abraham follow uh, the, the behavioral guidelines that he gives or the standards or whatever you want to call that so um yeah i mean this is a chapter that abraham did well in and i mean it, it's he's going to be blessed for that right i mean and that's just kind of one of the things for us is when we are obedient to god we receive that blessing and abraham does a good job of just like looking to the next thing he needs to do um to be obedient to god and not getting hung up Agreed. He doesn't play around the same yep. day. He's going around yep. circumcising everybody. Literally no <laughs> hesitation. Think about that. Um, I think that's epic. You know, yeah. he didn't think about it. He was like, all right, boys, let's get this ball rolling. That couldn't have been a fun <laughs> thing, in my opinion, to get circumcised. Um, you know, when you weren't ex when you weren't waking up thinking that was going to happen right all of a sudden it's yeah. like all right all right fellas let's get together guess who ha guess who god appeared to today you're never going to believe this um yeah. <laughs> you know so anyways there's a there's definitely a uh but he doesn't wait you know and this like i said this yeah. this likely wasn't something that people were really looking forward to and like hey i can't wait to do this but he was obedient and he followed God immediately 
didn't play around. I think we could definitely apply that to our own lives when God's called us to do something that maybe feels uncomfortable, that we're not necessarily excited about, to just rip the Band-Aid off. Like, just don't wait. Just do it. So, any final thoughts on this? No. I mean, I think, uh, well, I mean, just that I think that, uh, once again, this is a chapter that Abraham did did well in, you know. Um, This is impressive. And uh, I think that, I think that uh, as believers, we need to have an open-mindedness toward God. Uh, And I know we do. This idea that Abraham was not from my view abraham was not being disobedient by trying to go or by going and having ishmael it was disobedient but he was trying to help god out and he still believed that god was going to fulfill all these things to through ishmael but when god said he wasn't you know abraham just went with it and so a lot of times when things the circumstances aren't playing out the way they thought they were going to um, or things like that, like just us being as believers, us being willing to just roll with the punches and follow God, no matter how different it looks than what we thought it was going to, is something we need to do that Abraham did well. Agreed. Cool. Well, this is exciting. I mean, we got a. Yeah. Uh got abraham and we got some descendants we got some covenants we've seen some obedience here and you know i think that i think this is a mode this to me this is a motivating chapter yeah abraham encourages me to you know not sit around but to take action when i feel like god's you know trying to speak to me in my life show chapter Real quick, we had the introduction. We had a mention of the circ- the um, the covenant again, mention of the covenant. And we also had the introduction of circumcision, which is a big deal uh, for the rest of the Old Testament, really, for that matter. Um, and even there's some implications in the New Testament, of course, as well. Um, I can't remember what those, what are those, Justin, by the way, the implications? Well, the, the, the circumcision of the heart, right? Yeah, so the circumcision, so that, that's kind of the symbol that we need to be circumcised from our flesh. And so God circumcises the flesh of our heart um, so that we, and, and this is in reference to for, for believers and, and what I view like a sanctification type process this idea that um, the Holy Spirit is helping us grow uh, in, in spiritual maturity, like we're not on our own. You know, when God opens our eyes and we put our faith in him, we're not on our own to live this life uh, just with these rules that are really hard to, to manage. That's not it. It's God's helping us. Like God's helping us grow and mature. And uh, I see that. And, and you could also say that in a way of he's circumcising our heart. He's, he's helping us to grow more to appreciate spiritual things and be less bogged down by worldly things. Does circumcision save you? Absolutely not. 
I think that's a fair question to ask. I think Jesus challenges the Pharisees and the Sadducees with a some question similar, though. You know, right. it's like God can make sons of Abraham from these stones, yeah, from these rocks, right? Just because you're circumcised, just because you're from the Jewish lineage doesn't mean you're automatically saved. So I like what you mentioned, circumcision of the heart. In the Old Testament, really, this was just an act of obedience, um, an act of... This is a moment in which you act out your faith. You know, you have faith in these promises, in this covenant, and then you act on that faith by being circumcised as God called them to do. Now, of course, all these babies <laughs> that are about to be born, you know, they're going to have the pleasure. <laughs> they're going to have the pleasure of being <laughs> circumcised. And they don't have to worry about that as an adult, you know. Cool. Chapter 17, complete chapter 18. You are next. Yep. <laughs> Milestone. <laughs> so um, I'm going to give a five. I'm going to leave a five star review on chapter 17. I'm, yeah. I'm going to hold hey, out. <laughs> you did good. You did good, kid. I'm going to hold out my review for 18 in the next, next chapter. Thanks for joining. Thanks for joining us, bros. Really excited. If you have any questions or comments, throw those in the lease, subscribe, yeah. put those alerts on so that you can be, hang out with us for the next one. We're plowing through the Bible fast. Yo, We're getting, this... <laughs> we got our work gloves on and we are plowing. So, uh, guys, look forward to the next one. See you later. Yes.